Robots Radio. Games. Lore. Stories. Community. Just press play. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to the Cyberpunk Lorecast, where we brave scanning the net to find all the deep history and lore of cyberpunk. I'm Toasty, a fixer that's new to Night City with a desire to jump into the details of this gritty setting. And I'm Genesis, an old school media tech with a love of character deep dives. Together, we will bring you the foundations of the past, the state of Night City today, and the news of the future. We've got incoming. Let's Delta. Welcome back, Chooms, to another episode of the Cyberpunk Lorecast. I'm your girl, Genesis, and with me, as always, is Toasty. We are recording this episode the night before the anticipated 2.0 drop. I may finish editing this podcast, go play some Baldur's Gate 3, and then wait for midnight to see if it drops in the middle of the night, or if I really have to wait until, like, midday tomorrow. Boo. Toasty's taking a nap right now in order to stay up for tonight. That's what's going on. Exactly. Gotta conserve. Get get that sleep when you can. (laughs) I'll probably take a little mini nap during the the mid-break as well, you know? Oh, okay. That's nice. Sleep while we're thanking the patrons. Show how much you support and how much you thank them. You sleep. Look. I am That's looking. It. Okay, I was like, I am looking. I'm looking right this at is, you. End of end of end of sentence. Okay. It is a weird, wild night, guys. It is a Wednesday. It is wacky. And we have some really good info to go over. Uh, Last week, uh, the Cyberpunk Twitch channel decided to update us with a second video. This one, a little bit shorter. It was only about 50-ish minutes long. Um, So, a little bit less information to go over. Uh, But there were some major story points added. Um, So... What we are going to do tonight is we're going to go over the, the, we're going to flip the way that they did it on the stream. They started with a new trailer um, and an interview with Idris Elba, and then they went into the music 
of Cyberpunk and talking to Gabe for about some gameplay stuff. And we are going to flip that. We're going to start tonight off talking about the music and the gameplay aspects that they talked about with Gabe. And then we'll go into a mid-break, so that way if people don't want to know any of the storyline spoilers, that'll be the second half of the show. So if you don't want storyline spoilers, we will clearly state when that part is coming up. Um, But yeah, are you excited to talk about all this stuff tonight? Yes. I love Excited Toasty. He's the best. <laughs> so excited. Always excited. All right, Lynn, let's... I don't think that we have anything to... Oh, wait, we should call out this tweet. Because you sent it to me right before the show started. And it's hilarious. And I might legitimately print it off. Um it was a treat a tweet put out by the official cyberpunk 2077 x status Mm. anyways it is from the desk of the fia which confirms toasty we finally got a confirmation the fia is the federal intelligence agency this whole time they haven't confirmed that that's what it was called and now we have it so yay I feel like we should have been able to guess that. I just didn't. Oh, no, because I've been saying that. Oh, okay. Yeah. FIA, Federal Intelligence Agency, Operations Division, National Security Branch. To whom it may concern, the government of the new United States of America respectfully request that a leave of absence is granted to blank space. Here and after, Agent. For the duration of blank days, starting September 26th, the agent is urgently needed in Night City in order to assist in an extraction of a high-profile target. Their contribution to this task is of the utmost importance in a matter of international security. Sincerely, Alan James Ballier Castilla, Special Agent of the FIA. This is a get out of work <laughs> card, and I love it. It's a doctor's note. It is. I don't think it'll work on my boss, though. I don't think so at all. I don't know. I guess I can see. If I make it look real official, maybe, right? Yeah. Uh, try and get like some typeset to the same thing. You could try. Mm, looks like. I don't know. I just love the extra hype that they're putting out there. I'm loving all this. All right. But we do definitely have a lot to get into. Uh, so there was an interview and discussion led by Pavel. And Pavel's great. I think he's a really great host when it comes to interviewing and questioning and just kind of going right with the flow of things. I love it. Um, and it seemed like he was having a lot of fun discussing cyberpunk with a whole bunch of different types of people um, that had a lot of different hands in this game. So I will also link, of course, uh, there's a YouTube link of it now in case you don't want to watch it on Twitch. Uh, I will link both the Twitch account and the YouTube in the description so you can watch it as well. And of course, we are starting with the music. Toasty, I've talked a lot. You talk now. Okay. I can say words. 
So, um, I mean, a lot of this part was just like, you know, music, talk, atmosphere, stuff, um, things that like composers and whatnot actually focus on. Um, so they did mostly at the beginning, we're talking a lot about like they were kind of trying to put a lot of like detail into like making this like have like musical storytelling um, which I mean, anybody who plays video games knows how important music is to telling the story. We're gonna get a lot of that same like dystopian cyberpunk sound, but they did uh, for this specific de- expansion um, add a lot of like more spy thriller themes into uh, the composition, just to fit that like you know spy vibe that this this expansion will be like focusing on. It, Very James well, Bond. Very James Bond. Uh, and then we get into the actual, like, kind of big things um, for for the music is that they will be adding new radio stations and additional uh, songs to the game with the expansion. Um, so they are going to be adding three new radio stations. Um, we have Dark Star, Impulse, and Growl FM. We've talked about Growl FM before because that's the community-led one where it was like online submissions and everything like that. But yeah, and apparently uh, uh, the the score is up. I don't know if it includes all of this music, but uh, at least the the score is um, available on what's just any music platform, Spotify, Apple, stuff like that. Yeah, I think they specifically called out Spotify in the video. They were just like, the score is now up and you can listen to it on Spotify and uh, kind of get a preview of at least what the game is going to sound like. Okay. Um, so, but to get more into the uh, the new radio uh, stations, uh, like Jin said, Growl FM is like the community submissions one. So it's going to be uh, exclusively... Uh, tracks that were submitted by people that are like uh, part of the community that enjoy this game um, and all their stuff like the I don't I don't know I don't know if the the devs had anything to do with like maybe like tweaking or anything but for the most part it sounds like mm-hmm. they pretty much had their hands off and that this is uh, all community submitted content so that's cool and neat. Yeah, and because then your name gets in the credits of the game. You've helped to create part of this content. And then for maybe, you know, smaller, not smaller, but like people who haven't gotten a lot of their music out, now their names will be on it. You can see the, the DJ people's names or the recording artist or anything like that and go look, go look them up in the real world. And so I think that's really cool having a real world correlation to these people. Mm-hmm. Exposure. That. Um, so uh, for Dark Star, um, they specifically called it out as a dark and moody station, which is you know great. That's 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 the toasty vibe. So I guess I'll be tuning into that one for the most part. Um, but I mean, the main reason to tune in uh, from the sounds of it is uh, the two tracks that uh, Idris Elba. Uh, wrote and produced himself yeah. are also on that station. 
uh, it's, you know, a lot of people, I mean, I didn't know about this until I listened to an interview with him that he did on a different podcast. I had no idea he's a DJ and has like this whole other side career going on. But that's where he started at. He started as a DJ in England and then got into like the acting and the theater and stuff like that. So he's been doing it for a while. Yeah, well, if you want to listen to his uh, his DJ stuff, then you will tune into Impulse Radio, which they specifically called out as his DJ set. So I think the two the two tracks that we're getting on Dark Star are like actual like songs, and like that he I guess I'm assuming with like lyrics and such rather than like uh, I don't know EDM style music. I don't know yeah. specifically. Because the notes that I took down for it were that we got two new Idris tracks that were fully produced by him. So, like, he had his hands in every part of the aspect. And then, I guess, Impulse Radio is basically his DJ set, which could mean sampling from other artists. So, not necessarily, like, his own, like, his uh, own work. Yeah. I'm not for sure. I think they did specifically say the two track he's... Uh, are rap songs which mm. i know that he does he does do like rap songs and whatnot because i remember running uh my discord name in a server as boasty for a while and i had the the little thing because he that's a song that he <laughs> he's on called boasty <laughs> yeah if you look it up in uh in the the GIF search on Discord, you get a very quick zooming GIF of Idris's face. Oh my god! <laughs> He's doing the boasting. Oh, <laughs> toasty, yeah, but in, hosty, ghosty, boasty. That's that's too many. There's a lot of them. There's a lot of hosties. Yeah, so a lot of fun new music to look forward to. Um, and if you want to know more about the Growl FM radio channel they do have a like 45 minute documentary out on the cyberpunk 2077 youtube if that's like something you're interested in as far as like the creation and uh bringing in of all this content and whatnot yeah that one looked really really interesting i just haven't had the time to watch that one yet um i want to watch that in the other um documentary that they have coming out as well because i think the music of it is really cool and especially for something to like listen to in the background during downtime and just kind of vibe with the people who love cyberpunk as much as we do in order to create music specifically for it i think it's really awesome uh speaking of that other documentary uh yeah there there was one that was put out um i believe it was retweeted by the cyberpunk 2077 uh x account i guess um but <laughs> i say that with spite um but it was it seems to be uh done by like an italian uh creator uh video game kind of documentarian mm-hmm. documentary i don't know um but it's just overall is kind of the making of Cyberpunk 2077 and the Phantom Liberty expansion. Um, it has, it is, it is in Italian, but it has English subtitles. Um, if you're interested in checking that out, um, I'm sure Jen will link that as well in the show notes. So, 
Yeah, for sure. And it's called uh, CD Projekt Red Never Fade Away, which also sad. Mm-hmm. A thing of beauty, you might say. Oh, no, we cannot walk down this path right now. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, but... But as as for the final little bit of the musical section, um, they did a little tiny like behind the scenes snippet um, where they showed us uh, a Polish artist. So I've never heard of him before, um, but Dawid Podziadlo, um, yeah, which did the theme song for Phantom Liberty. And he had the best line that, that I, I'm in shock of and I love. He said, listen to the song and I hope you fucking cry. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So uh, there's like little bits that you can hear in that little like snippet. Uh, and it sounds like super dramatic, but good. So have you ever heard of the like movie trailer versions of songs? Like up, like high level orchestra and just like all this like deep rich sound to it, and so like those ones are the ones that'll easily make me cry. Um, so yes, I anticipate lots of tears. Yeah, but that's about it for the musical section for that yeah. uh, Night City Wire. I was like they called it, and they're bringing back the Night City Wire, so. Up next, we have some gameplay information from Gabe Amatangelo. Uh, once again, love him. Big fan. Please come on to the show, Gabe. We will accept you anytime. Toasty and I will stay up until 2 o'clock in the morning if that's what it takes to get you on an interview internationally. Uh, a lot of the stuff with Gabe, as Jen recovers, um, was a lot of stuff that we've heard uh, you know, in that last like live stream. Um, so there wasn't really any like questions that were like, asked that were you know where we got like new information on from his answers um but the big the big uh like showstopper for this portion was that they showed us like three different builds and how they played Mm -hmm. um and like some of the perks that they used in them so the first one we had um like the bullet stopping ninja, I believe, was something something like the name. Uh, but yeah, no. So I think that was the the name of the first one. Basically, um, a like super fast dashy like katana and mantis blade build um, that was like heavily relied on using the dash uh, perk, which looks really good, by the way. Like that dash looked clean. Um, and I believe the line that they said was, uh, bringing a katana to a gunfight. Um, so, but yeah, so, and this is the way I play. So this is cool. I'm probably going to be playing this, a close thing to this build. Um, so yeah, I made a lot of use of like the dashing, the like Mantis blade, uh, relic perks and, uh, the, bullet deflecting uh, perk that you can get as well. Mm-hmm. So, real cool. Yeah. Uh, for me, I think it's really cool that the Netrunner 
it with a mono wire combo was called the hack and slash. Cause I'm pretty sure I made that joke a couple weeks ago. So yay. Yeah. Yeah, you did. I can, I can back that up. Um, which I thought was crazy whenever they showcased in this, because apparently with the net running changes for one, um, they show the net running screen. And I don't know if you noticed just how much fucking Ram you have available to use. That yeah. was like, that was like fucking 30. <laughs> like, An intense a amount. Lot of RAM. So I went on and I went on to the website that they put out specifically to like play test and build your like what your Netrunner or what your new character is going to look like. Um, and yeah, it was in the 30s that I got my, my RAM up to. And that's before, or no, I think it was like I got my RAM up to like 25 before adding on any cyberware that would increase your ram Mm -hmm. so you have a lot of ram um and from the sounds of it like this is good because you're gonna fucking need it when you stack up to four hacks on a person because you can do that now yeah no more waiting for a contagion to run out before you combust them on fire no you get to stack 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 yeah so and then like with the uh i'm the combination like with doing these and adding them to the mono wire you can then like put like both physical damage from attacking and then like putting these hacks on the mono wire when you hit so it's just fucking nutty and this is not including the overclock ability where you can just like do a number of hacks without uh or where it each extra ram costs like 10 health yeah. so that's stupid and they also showed us the uh the thing that i thought about i think i mentioned it with the like can you drive a car into something and then blow it up yes yes you can yeah so um and then we got the last build that they showed us, which was a uh, brawly hammer focused build. I, I think it's the Savage Slugger Solo. I, uh, try saying that fucking three times fast. Uh, but it focused on using the hammer uh, and the gorilla arms, doing a lot of the like uh, the there's like a charge hammer attack that you can use that like knocks people down. Um, as well as Quake, which was the like hammer ground pound, um, and some like cyberware attachments to allow you to do the jump off of the bike into that uh, specifically, um, as well as giving us a good little uh, like view on the like throwing people finisher. Uh, which is crazy because like you can throw them into multiple people. Like I saw a toss where they threw the body into like three people. So like you can like make heavy use there. Um, And then they showcased the gorilla arms, like relic um, overclocking or whatever. And they go so far. (laughs) I think I saw one where he punched someone off of a building and you just saw them fly away. (laughs) Yeet. So, yeah, that's gonna be just goofy and fun, and I look very for, uh, very much forward to that. 
since this episode is dropping, as far as I know, this episode is dropping after the update, so y'all will just have to let us know what crazy shit you've been doing with the builds uh, whenever this episode comes out. Hit us up in the Discord. Yeah, for sure. Or if you get so excited about this and want to come on and talk about it, uh, next week is our patron chat. It'll be Wednesday, September 27th, and you can join us on our Patreon, and we will be discussing what fun things we have been doing with the 2.0 patch and the first day of release of phantom liberty uh i think this is a great little moment for us to jump into our mid-break now and go over some of that information all right welcome to the middle of the show where we talk about the show and not the lore of cyberpunk we don't have any new patrons to read out and we don't have any new reviews to go over either so big thank you and shout out to all 11 of our current patrons and if you want to become one of those and join us on the show next week to talk about how much fun you are having with 2.0 um patreon.com slash cyberpunk lorecast or just type in cyberpunk lore in the search bar you'll be able to find us now i did publish the recent comments that we've had on our spotify episodes and there was a little bit of a like hmm on episode number 156 which is the i i called it 2.0 patch with the patrons and we had somebody say I did not really like it, as you guys make an impression. You watched none of the streams and are just throwing crazy theories around. And I was like, yeah. Uh, I replied to it. I said, yeah. We said up front that not all of us had watched the stream, so we didn't have all the details. But once we did watch the stream, we had so much to say that we had to split it into two episodes. So please show me Shumway99. Uh, go back and listen to the next two where we break down all the information after we were able to sit down and watch the stream. So yeah, I'm sorry that we hadn't listened to all of the information that was out there yet. And of course, we do record on either a Wednesday or a Thursday night. And then the content goes up on Sunday. So sometimes our episodes are a little bit behind the curve of the newest news that is out there. Uh, But thanks for the support. Thanks for leaving those comments. Thanks for leaving the reviews on Spotify, iTunes, wherever you listen to the podcast. Um, You can also support the show by going to fanrolldice.com and use the code CPLC, Cyberpunk Lorecast, and stack that with the almighty crit uh, Almighty Crit Code, which is Almighty C10 at checkout to get 20% off of your entire order. Banrolldice.com. Okay, this is where we are going to call it for the spoiler-free zone. Up next, there was an interview with Idris Elba and a brand new, I can't really call it a trailer, because it felt like a cinematic, like the opening of Phantom Liberty. So, we, I actually don't know, of course, when this shows up in the game, but we do know that uh, there's definitely some spoilers in it. So, while we love and appreciate every single one of you, if you are trying to stay as spoiler-free as possible, you can go ahead and drop off here. If not, 
You have been warned. Let's get into it. Okay, this part was so interesting to watch through. It opened up with like a combined. So the beginning of the stream kind of opened up with like a combined trailer sequence. It looked like they had taken little screen grabs and snippets from all of the trailers that they had put out before. And I was like, oh, that's kind of cool looking. And then it drops into all brand new information. How we see Solomon Reed leaving Night City. Yeah, so um, we normally, like, would go and do, like, big, like, trailer breakdowns or whatever. But, like, this is a cinematic trailer, so it's not really showing us anything, like, specific to gameplay that we can pull out or whatever. Um, and after this, uh, Idris Elba will go through this trailer with us. So he kind of breaks it down. And so we'll let him do that. Um, but for the stuff that, like, really st- stood out um, just watching the trailer uh, was, yes, we see Solomon Reed leaving Night City. He jumps from a giant bridge onto a train, um, seemingly with ease, so he must have some leg cyberware to back him up. Um, And we get to see how the disguise tech works as, like, his clothing changes Mm-hmm. Um, into more like casual, whereas it looks like he was trying to be like real incognito and hide his appearance. Um, but like while he was boarding the train, we he's on call with Songbird or So Me, um, as they will refer to her throughout this whole trailer, um, and in the like later part with interview with Idris. Um, and it seems to be some sort of like. Uh, some it's like tense, um, in the sense of like he's kind of just carrying on the conversation like casually, and we can tell that there's something like kind of off with her in this mm-hmm. part. Like she's not. He he talks about like this like uh like Mexican food place back home that she supposedly took him to, but like she's acting like she doesn't really like have like recollection of it or whatever and he's like like you good uh how do you not so, remember our favorite taco stand w- yeah. what do you mean yeah so uh but it's just like a nice like kind of more like slice of life moment here um that like is setting up the like little strings for the end of this trailer which is that he like she seems to be looking at the blueprints of the train and is locking the car that he is in down. And there are people in the train car with him who are armed. Um, like, so she is setting him up here for like to fall um, for some reason. We don't know the reason, but it's obvious that she is orchestrating him uh, dying because we see him get like they absolutely beat the shit out of him and then shoot him multiple times so for all intents and purposes we know he's not dead but i we don't know any of the details as to why not uh but he it seems like she was setting him up to die in this situation so uh yeah so we see that 
and we kind of see that like moment of realization from him as he realizes that like this is what happened like she set me up um so we're not sure the details on this and i'm sure that this will be something that we learn in the expansion that uh-huh. they will tell us the reasons behind this uh but it does uh skip to seven years later and we see uh space force one uh in orbit around uh or near night city um and i i mean it's me so like i noticed the fit like that shit was that shit was fire <laughs> like the fit she was wearing looked dope um she looked so, good yeah yeah uh, and obviously she's flying with the president. We don't see the president in this. We just hear her, uh, which I thought was interesting. Um, like, I think it was a, a very pointedly supposed to be like a point on like, this is, this is about Somi and Solomon. Uh-huh. Like the president is not that important, but obviously she's done something that's moved her up in the world. Did it have anything with like when she set him up before? Is that like a means to which she achieved this position or whatnot? But she doesn't seem like happy anymore. She's like seems like real, just like distant, and like staring off of the window. Um, and then we see a rocket hit Space Force One, and it goes into crash. And then it cuts away, and we get Solomon's line of "I wouldn't be alive if it wasn't for you." Oh, so much happened in this trailer! Holy shit! Okay, so for me, the fact that it was seven years later, that was a big thing. Like Solomon was in Night City seven years prior. So back in the 2070s is the timeline we're thinking. Okay, so 2070s, early 2070s is when he was there. Okay. Then Songbird or Sunmi gets like her promotion because I really do think that her... It not instigating, but uh, implementing or being the catalyst to um, Solomon being attacked on the train definitely had something to do with her being able to move up. But also, I wanted to point out that the thing that Rosalind is talking about is asking if Song Mi wants to take drugs. Do you want? Do you want these pills? Do you want to take a pill? Do, wh- what pill were they talking about? I want to know if that has anything to do with anything. I'm not entirely sure. And I would also like to make a point. He was there seven years ago, right? 2070. So specifically at the end of the unification war. Hmm. When, when Noosa, when Rosalind Myers in 2069 was trying to reincorporate the free states and uh, Lucius Ryan called in Arasaka back into Night City as a means of preventing Noosa from like incorporating Night City into him. So, but obviously she probably had sent in special agents or spies in the situation as like information sources or like trying to like move on the inside. So I'm assuming that he had some part in that in the unification war. If I had to guess, because yeah, it it ends up about it, it ends in 2070, so maybe that was when he was trying to get extracted at that point uh, after that loss. And so, ooh, yeah, after that loss, where Noosa agents would have been uh, targeted probably uh, by 
people of Night City for trying to do shit like that. So yeah, that makes a lot of sense. For sure. And then, of course, if this is your first time coming back to Night City since then, like on Songmi's part where she's like starting to think about Solomon more, because that was probably the last mission, the last op she was a part of in Night City. Yeah. So I don't. This obviously sets up a lot of like, like revenge style, like conflict here, because it's like, it was a line he said in there of like, you know, I wouldn't be alive if it wasn't for you. And he says it during like an earlier part of the trailer as referring to like, you know, like they've been, they've worked together so closely and she's kept him alive um, because, you know, of, of her skills and ability and always backing him up. And then they re- the fact that they replay it after seeing the fact that she betrayed him, it then sets you up to believe like he stayed alive with this like revenge. Mm-hmm. Like that's kind of the setup. Which so, also plays into the fact that like a lot of the times that we've heard people who have played Phantom Liberty talk about Songbird, they're like, well, is she trustworthy? What do we really know about her? But I feel like that's a little bit of a red herring. Like maybe it's it's Solomon who isn't trustworthy, but I don't know yet. We don't know. Oh, who well, are you going to side with? Who spy, are you going to trust? So, I mean, I think this is a perfect example of like, I mean, we're going to get into this and there's really not going to be any like right answer. Like this, 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 this type of like setting is too nuanced to, to actually have a right and a wrong person here. Like, that's just not how this setting works. Normally speaking, people are always in the wrong. Uh, It's just how much right can you do in this process? So, Yeah, because you can't even say, like, oh, okay, well, at least we know that we always want to rescue V. We are always on V's side. Nope. You have the option to say, fuck V, and let Johnny have the body. So, (laughs) like, so there's yeah so like there's never there's this this universe does not work in black and whites no uh, it it works in many 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 shades of uh morally tainted gray so i was like way more than 50 shades mm-hmm. so we're i guess we just come to find out and see which is going to be more of a which one would you side with Mm-hmm. personally and what kind of choice does that lead you to so i don't know I, i'm gonna f- we're gonna see i'm gonna find it hard to not side with an absolute baddie like songbird but you know that's just me yeah well what about a b- absolute daddy like solomon we'll see <laughs> yeah, that's fair but uh anyways that's that's the trailer um and then we move into the interview with uh big driss himself um where he gets to kind of tell us about solomon and the trailer and whatnot um so yeah he starts off by saying uh that solomon worked in night city for a long time we don't know how long that is but he says long time um it's it stands to reason if he like maybe his last thing was his part in like whatever he did in the unification war that this was him pulling out from it because of how dangerous the situation had become um, for like a NUSA agent to be in night city after that. 
Um, but maybe he had been there like for many years before as, I mean, just keeping an eye on the free city of night city for, mm-hmm. for New Zealand. Um, it's a, it's a pivotal place um, and like well-desired. Um, he was special ops spy stuff. We know that. Um, he tells us that we will get tidbits about Solomon throughout the expansion, um, but it'll be, uh, he says specifically that Solomon is reluctant to tell us this information, but it'll be like, it will still get that reluctant reveal of information as we go along. But it's like, it's not just going to be like, he's going to tell us what's up. Like we're going to have to, from the sounds of it, we're going to earn it. Um, we're going to have to like grind out for it because it's going to be a process to get him to, to open up. Um, and he is a tortured soul. It's very, uh, very specifically, not, not the words themselves, but he's been through a lot yeah. from the sounds of it. Um, but he has a very big dedication to his job, to the job that he does. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know. That, that was just the, in my head, I was just like, hi, I'm Solomon Reed. Here's all of my trauma, and here's what my goals in life are. Game over. <laughs> yeah, no, he's, Solomon Reed is not a trauma dumper. No. No, he's so, not. Um, and then this was a quote specifically that I pulled, is that uh, he he's talking about how like Solomon thinks he's in the clear, because he's like getting out of Night City um he's like basically this is like the last thing he had to do he's on this train he's like free and clear and above all he has the one person he trusts to help him in his ear at the time so there's obviously a very close relationship there between him and so me uh he because he said he says one person the one person he trusts yeah so it makes this betrayal even more devastating um you know that sounds like the start of a villain arc but like i didn't expect them to be a villain you know it's a, a weird little bit one. villain arc but also yeah broken hearted mm. villain i don't know what do you think do you think they were just friends or just friends trademark friends. i think they were just friends I think I think we're getting a probably like a uh, a nice like and this is like stuff that's like a representation that's needed as well, right? Of like a a friendship between a man and a woman that is just a friendship. <laughs> yes, this <laughs> is something that people don't often add, and so if they just like make that clear, and we get to see this friendship between them. Um, that would be great. Uh, there's a bit more, I think, nuance to it, though. Like we did, uh, he does tell us later, um, but that uh, Reed and Somi had like a kind of like a mentor mentee relationship. Mm-hmm. He taught her, uh, he trained her um, to do what she does. Um, so to work in this field. So he, um, it seems like during that process, they became like close friends. Um, but like this relationship is going to be pivotal to the expansion. Yeah. Um, so as, as we'll see, um, we'll see how, how 
that friendship developed, I hope, um, you know, the things that like where it started, where it was at, and then what ultimately led to this, to this, this craziness. Um, so, uh, and yeah, no, he also says during that, like it was her, or him, like you tell it was, it was, she was in a situation where it was her or him. And it's like, mate, we find out what specifically was the her or him, mm-hmm. like how, like, was it like, did she do this to gain station? Cause in that case it's real shitty, but was it, or was it like, I, I don't lean that way. I lean more sort of like something was happening that like, like where like she was in like some kind of danger or maybe someone she cared about more was in danger because of that. Because like she said, like they, like in the animation shows enough to show that there's like tears welling up in her eyes during this, like she's doing it, but she is distraught about doing it. Oh yeah. I mean, and that also plays into the, why she didn't remember the taco place or, you know, cause it's like your mind is so focused on completely different other things, like contemplating and battling with this major key decision that you have to make. Um, so yeah, I get that. Um, I'm also wondering if it was more of a, if I make it look like I did my job on killing him, then that does that means that nobody else is going to get sent after him to where the op is no longer in my control. I don't know. That just popped into my head. You know, it's like I'm the one that set up the train car to have this type of accident. I'm the one that set this up and I left him a way out. I don't know. Maybe. I mean, obviously he survives. So we just have to figure out like what, like why he survived uh, in this way. So, you know, but like, these are details that I'm, I'm imagining will get answered for us. So that at least we can expect that. Um, But whatever it was, it left her seeming a colder individual. Um, he makes a comment that like, you can like look at her, her eyes and see that there's not as much life in them as there used to be. Uh, like, and he was really into this trailer. Like he was like, I thought that was, that was the thing that like, I thought was really cool was that like, he's like, he's got like, I think like an iPad or something in his hand, just like watching this trailer. And he's like enamored by it. Yeah. Like, like he's just like, he's real, like focused in, like admiring the trailer. He says at the end, like, oh, man, that was a really good trailer. Like, so uh, it's, it's cool to see that even like, he's like super into this stuff. Um, and it seems like he might, like, I don't know. It's hard to tell sometimes like, if this is something that like, Oh, we want you to say this. So we're going to pay you to like, say that like you're a fan of this stuff, but he does say in the thing that he's like, he, he agreed to this role because he was uh, he was a fan of CDPR and like the Witcher and cyberpunk. And it's like, I'm just trying to imagine him a brain, like big driss with like an Xbox one playing the Witcher three. And I just can't see it personally, <laughs> but you know, I don't know. Maybe. I mean, there definitely are a lot of celebrity nerds, man. Where uh, nerddom has taken over and it's all over the place. Like, I can't picture Henry Cavill painting Warhammer minis. I can. 
but that like, one's easy. He looks like a big nerd. That's the thing. But he's also big. Like he's physically fucking fit. And then just like, oh. I, I watched my husband paint minis. I know what it looks like. And so I'm like trying to picture Henry Cavill with the magnifying goggles on. And I don't know. That one's hard for me to picture. But I obviously I know that he does it. He talks about it. Um, I don't know. I love celebrity nerds. Yeah. So maybe, maybe, maybe Idris Elba is a celebrity nerd. It's just, we never even knew. Um, but uh, he talks a little bit more about like Dogtown as a whole and the environment there. And then how like Solomon was a really complexly written character. Yeah. I use the word. I don't go fuck. Uh <laughs> <laughs> uh, a written character and then it was even like a challenge for him to like act as this character sometimes like it was it was it was a, like the character is so like detailed and in depth that he like found some parts harder to like do um, mm-hmm. in his performance and like I feel like that's super cool because it, like he's I mean he's obviously a talented actor so like to have character actually like kind of like not stump him obviously, but give him a challenge makes it more exciting to me. I wonder if that also has to do with the fact that these decisions can influence character arcs. I mean, obviously that's how the game works and everything. So if you have this picture in your mind of, okay, this is who Solomon is. These are the, this is the path that he would take. You know, I've got this character built in my head and then you're reading the lines and you're going through all the dialogue and everything. And then all of a sudden, oh, okay. So you just said X, but now V over here was talking about ACD and now Solomon is going to react in a completely different way. Uh, so I could see how trying to hold multiple versions of one character and still have all three, all multiple versions of this character feel authentic to you could feel difficult. Mm, so maybe, I mean, I don't know. I, I don't know. It's the thing is like they I, we're supposed to be expecting like more decisions and decision like affecting things but like i with the base game it wasn't like all that impactful so that's i don't know i leave that reservation as a maybe well your decisions definitely impact how johnny reacts to you like a little bit it's like overall it's nothing like crazy it's just i feel like your decisions can like have certain scenes change but like overall, Johnny's still kind of the same whether you treated him like shit or like tried to treat him nicely and less like like and, and like it was more based on like what cut scenes you unlocked and didn't unlock. Mm. Like if you didn't care about him, you wouldn't go out to like that one place to like find his oh, arm oil or rig. whatever. Yeah. Yeah. And like so like and that's a very specific cutscene to that area. Like if you didn't do that, then you didn't you don't get that like as like more soft experience with him, you know, but like, I, I, I don't know. I guess I'm hoping that it's actually like a big, like influential thing for this one, but I will hold reservations. Cause it's just like a lot of that stuff was locked by like what choices you made, like 
sort of affected things because you didn't do certain paths in the end. Right. So, mm. um, but that's kind of about it for him. There's one last part where, and I just threw it, put this at the end rather than like where he kind of pointed it out. But during the trailer, uh, he pauses on a specific shot and says that there is an Easter egg and it's about uh, for the whole night city wire, uh, like YouTube video um, specifically uh, it is at seven sixteen that he's talking about this. Um, and because there's an Easter egg in it um, and me and Jin have our thoughts on what it is. Um, would you care to enlighten yeah, so we zoomed in, looked all over the place, and he said it was a big Easter egg. And so I was like, okay. Um, so I was like trying to think of like everything that's really tiny and small and looking in the details. I was like, there are two alligators, one next to his arm, one above his head. Is there anything alligator related or crocodile or anything like that? And I was like, there's also a I think one of, of those a is a fish. I don't know. I it think it was like a piranha. What's it? It looked like I an I don't know, an, or a barracuda or something. I don't know. <laughs> it looked like another little alligator to me. Um, but then we realize right above his head is a big giant sign that looks like a stock market um, ticker tape reading by, and it says mm. DJ plus zero point zero seven. DJ. 007. DJ Idris Elba is now in a spy thriller video game mm -hmm. such as James Bond's 007. Yep. So okay. yeah, that's what we're thinking is that, you know, it, I'm thinking that maybe obviously his name isn't going to be Idris Elba in the game or Solomon Reed isn't the one who's going to be playing songs on the radio station. Maybe DJ 007 is the name of Idris Elba in the game. As in, like, his music is going to be listed as produced by 007, DJ 007 or something like that. Maybe. Or he could just go by his DJ name, Big Driss. That's true. It could be that one, too. But yeah, so, but if you find anything else in that, like, shot that you think might be uh, an Easter egg, something that uh, or something that seems noticeable or uh, might be s some sort of like hidden thing. Uh, let us know. There was some graffiti on the wall that I couldn't clearly make out. It almost looked like one of the words said Johnny, but I don't know. Could have been that too, but I think it's GJ 007. Oh, Okay. Oh, we've definitely talked quite a bit about this live stream. I think it's time for us to uh, kind of wrap it up. Do we have any final thoughts? No. No? All right. Oh, uh, brain too tired for final thoughts. <laughs> okay. I think the only other thing that we have is that this, is ep this episode was recorded the night before the 2.0 patch release. And next week, we uh, will definitely be talking about our first thoughts, impressions, how much fun we have been having with it. And then, of course, we will have 
at least one day of gameplay under our belts when it comes to Talking Phantom Liberty. So come join us next month. Uh, Patreon.com slash Cyberpunk Lorecast. You can also follow us on Twitter, uh, Cyberpunk Lorecast as well. You can also listen to more of me on the Two Girls, One Ship podcast where we analyze, rate, and review all that the world of video game romances has to offer. Uh, and you can catch me doing uh, the Witcher Lorecast uh, with my new co-host, Ben of Tamaria, as well as the Cyberpunk Red Live Play podcast, Cyberpunk Cyberpunk Apostrophe D, the fumbling for an almighty crit gang. All right. And at the end of every episode, we shout out Miracle of Sound and thank him for allowing his music to be used. We use it in the intro, mid-breaks, and outro of every show. Thank you so much, Gav. You are amazing. I wonder if Gav put any music on the community radio. Like, he makes cyberpunk music. Why not put it in the, on the radio? Hmm. I'll have to see mm-hmm. if we know the list of the people who got chosen. I guess uh, we'll find out. See, yeah. what's his miracle of sound? So, if we find anything mentioning miracle of sound in the uh, Ghost FM, if they release that list of of songs or anything, then maybe. Yeah, that'll be really cool. All right, and while you're out there, stay safe in Night City. Do you love Dragon Age? Have you always wanted to learn more about its vast world and detailed lore? Are you still attached to your hero of Ferelden, even a decade after Dragon Age Origins came out? Or maybe you're a newer fan, still discovering a new tidbit or quest every day. Well, either way, the Dragon Age Lorecast is the podcast for you. I'm Austin, also known as Teacup. And I'm Shelby, also known as SheCup. And come and join us as we embark on a journey to explore and discover all things Dragon Age. We'll discuss all kinds of topics, from Lyrium to the Chantry, and the great mysteries of the old gods, and even more that even you Bioware superfans might not know about. So come and listen on Spotify, Apple, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts. And always remember... Swooping.